2: now
4: Well, good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back. Appreciate you joining me here for yet another episode of Red Pill News Live. My name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector. And we've got big news coming out of Washington, D.C. Well, we've been talking about this for seems like years now. And finally, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Is uh, taking the bait. She is running full speed ahead, impeaching people in Washington, D.C., who have completely turned their backs on the American people, instead, defending their political allies and attacking their political enemies. The Observer, glad to hear that. Says his oldest daughter from Vancouver was down this weekend. It's been years since she could travel. It's insane to think that things are somewhat returning to normal, if that would ever be the case. I don't know. We've got a lot to talk about today. A lot more than just impeachment week in Washington, D.C. And Marjorie Taylor Greene may not be done yet. So do me a favor sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after a very quick word from our sponsor. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a celebrity in the audience, Erica Freedom, fellow truth teller and corruption detector. Make sure that you're subscribed to Erica Freedom's channel. And let me just make sure that I've actually got everything properly aligned here on the platform because it looks like it is not there. All right. And man, why isn't that showing up? That's very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, okay. So I can definitely see that. Let's get it to the right one, which should be this article right here about the death spiral of CNN. I think that's a great way to open up the show. Uh, let me also make sure that we have our uh, Rumble chat on screen because that is a must. Thank you very much for hanging out with us today. I know that you guys have a lot of other places you can go. Deplora Laura, she says, tomorrow is your sixth. You mean like your, your sixth sobriety day? I mean, I'm assuming you're not six years old. But either way, happy birthday, no matter what it is. Um. Also, I thought this was interesting. The very first comment on the video today is from a Mr. Q's. He says, con man helping call humanity, you are scum. And I'm not exactly certain how that could relate to me. Um, maybe he's talking about Christopher Ray or the U.S. Attorney from Washington D.C. or perhaps Merrick Garland, uh, but probably not Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I, I guess I am at a loss to determine how I might be helping to cull humanity. I think that uh, I, I've been doing the exact opposite of that. But Mr. Hughes, you're you're welcome to comment again. I'd love to know exactly what's on your mind. So one thing that I saw yesterday that I didn't actually get a chance to talk to on Occam's Razor because we ran out of time is the numbers that have come out about CNN. Now, the decline of CNN has been hot and heavy ever since the devastating events of the 2020 election. You know, once Donald Trump was not there for them to focus on entirely, once they had no boogeyman, uh, all they had were the lies of the Biden regime. And everyone watching that recognized that there was nothing there for them there was no reason for them to watch and so people began to turn away and as time went on they began to turn away in larger and larger numbers now cnn recently held that town hall with president trump which in my opinion was probably the smartest marketing move they've made in the last decade it took them from the bottom of the heap to the top of the heap and almost as soon as that town hall ended despite the fact that they announced caitlin collins is now going to be hosting the former spot that was occupied who was it by was it don lemon or some other guy that got fired on uh, cnn it doesn't matter uh, nobody's going to watch it regardless um but uh, despite that announcement cnn's numbers continue to falter now Considering the fact that CNN is available on more screens across the world than any other news program. Why? Because they're on every airport television. A lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, uh, a lot of corporate entities choose to have CNN on inside their establishments. They're probably being paid some type of licensing fee to allow CNN to broadcast in that place. Now, despite all of that, CNN is one of the lowest rated and watched news channels on television compared to Newsmax. They are below Newsmax now. Newsmax famously very recently was kicked off of a number of major cable platforms. Uh, Newsmax has had to resort to sending people text messages directly to let them know when their programs are going to be airing because it's difficult for people to find Newsmax. And let's be honest, people are creatures of habit. They're going to do what's easy. If they have a television in front of them and a channel is available, they're going to watch it. But If they're out there like us, seeking out good news, good information, then it's going to be a slightly different scenario. But the people who watch CNN are cable news subscribers, and more and more people are no longer subscribing to cable news. CNN has now, since the uh, program with Donald Trump, uh, where they had more than three million people watching in that hour, they have now slunk back down uh, to a much, much lower rank. Now, among viewers in the 25 to 54 age bracket, this is the, the the group of Americans that is most valuable to advertisers. These are the people who have disposable income and, you know, they're doing more things with their life. You get over 54 and people tend to slow down. They want to retire. Uh, they want to go to the beach. You know, they don't necessarily want to be marketed to. But people in this age bracket, 25 to 54, it's a different story. So. Uh, Among them, CNN is in third place. Uh, They have an average of 87,000 viewers. Fox News is first in that category. They have 109,000 viewers. And then MSNBC with 98,000 viewers. Now, Newsmax was with 45,000 viewers, the fourth-ranked television news program. However, since the town hall... CNN has now dropped below Newsmax in terms of those viewers. And so it just goes to show you that more and more people are no longer choosing to watch the garbage news that is being put out by CNN. It's fake. It's phony. It's fraudulent. And everybody recognizes it. All right. So. Continuing on, this is another story I didn't get a chance to talk about, but I think that it's uh, highly important, uh, very, very newsworthy. Um, The ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine is bad for everyone. Now, since the vaporization of this weapons depot, uh, which was rumored to hold billions of dollars in munitions and missiles, much of it being paid for by NATO nations like the United States of America and including depleted uranium shells provided by the United Kingdom, uh, people have really started to put the brakes on World War III because apparently Russia blew up this weapons depot, which included those depleted uranium shells, which in turn released a big, nasty cloud of radioactive debris and particles. Gamma radiation spiked in this area, and as a result of that, uh, people are worried about the long-term consequences. Now, I believe gamma radiation is the same type of gamma, same type of radiation that is found at the Chernobyl nuclear uh, uh, accident site, which is also ironically inside Ukraine. So maybe this will be no big deal for the people of Ukraine. Um, but I think that any release of radiation anywhere on Earth is bad for life in general. Now, as we've seen in uh, the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone, uh, animals have, you know, over the decades begun to thrive. Uh, there are populations of wild dogs. There, there's all kinds of other creatures that are living inside that exclusion zone because they don't have to worry about the humans being there. Um, now, just because they're breeding and just because there's a bunch of them doesn't mean that they're thriving necessarily. Um They still have issues of uh, the the radiation building up inside their bodies. And that same type of thing is going to happen to people that are living in this area in Ukraine. Here is an actual piece of video footage of that weapons depot being blown up. Quite the explosion. It breaks my heart, that little kid. Oh, that's at night. Boom. So here's the thing, all of these various clips, all of these various clips are, are being caught from heavily populated centers where people are living. So all of those people, anywhere within uh, the, the, the distance of the wind being able to carry those particles, they're going to be in danger. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we now have a nuclear level incident taking place without the release of a nuclear weapon. Uh, However, it will have the same type of consequences, perhaps not the same loss of life. Thank God for that. Um, But it goes to show you just what the possibilities are when you have a superpower like Russia going up against the entirety of the West in NATO fighting this proxy war through Ukraine. This could get bad. This could get very, very, very bad, very, 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 very quickly. It is the exact opposite of what we want to see happening. We want to see peace. Now, Seymour Hirsch is reporting that uh, Baltic nations like Poland and Czechoslovakia, uh, they are attempting to secretly negotiate with Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine uh, and uh, get him to put this thing to rest, to end the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, uh, give Russia what they want, uh, which is nothing short of the... Uh, the independence of the, uh, the the eastern portion of Ukraine, the Donbass and Luhansk. Uh, let those people live. Let them do what they'll do. Let them be a separate country. They'll be under the protectorate of the Russian Federation. Um, and um, and there you go. Um, let me tell you guys a funny story. I may have an opportunity to to go to Eastern Europe and to meet with people that are are uh, are, are Russian. And uh, I guess I want to know what you guys think if I if I should do that, Um, because I feel like there's there's a lot of inherent danger with that. And I'm not so certain that the State Department would allow me to go there if, um, you know, knowing that I plan to interview people that are from Russia and maybe from Ukraine as well. but I have an opportunity to do this, and so I guess I want to know what you guys think about that as a possibility. Um, it's very preliminary. I just actually saw a text message, and that's the reason I'm bringing it up. So there's also word from Seymour Hirsch that Joe Biden is not getting the full scope of information uh, about the fighting that's taking place there in Ukraine. Uh, he's being fed filtered information that says that Ukraine is winning and all we got to do is just keep pumping money into there. Well, yeah, Lisa says, no, I kind of figured. Yeah, not. happening. <laughs> all right. Well, the boss has spoken. Um, so maybe uh, I'll have to figure out uh, another way to do it, but, um, okay. Uh, Joe Biden I don't know how many of the decisions he's actually making in Ukraine. Um, I I really, truly feel like this is a a decision that he's handed off to a lot of other people. Um, You know, he's the one who's out there publicly stating, hey, we're giving another one billion dollars in missiles. We're we're giving uh, another uh, ten billion dollars in aid. You know, he's telling the American people about what the United States is doing. But other people are making those moves behind the scenes. Now, this $1.1 billion Patriot missile system built by the United States, shipped on over to Ukraine, definitely uh, damaged among that Russian attack that I just showed you. So there we go. Another nearly $1.1 billion up in smoke all at once. Uh, But what does it matter? You know, because we have an unlimited source of money, apparently they can just print it anytime they want. They don't care about adding to the national debt or the national deficit. They certainly don't care about the lives or the livelihoods of people in future generations. Um, obviously, I'm being facetious in the way that uh, I, I'm suggesting this is going to play out. Um, I think they, they need to be. Uh, we're coming up on that point at which the Republicans and the Democrats have to make an agreement on the debt ceiling. Either Kevin McCarthy allows for the raising of the debt limit uh, and receive certain concessions from the white House um, i don't know what that might be um, or uh, it, the, uh the the government is going to shut down the United States may for the first time default on uh, that money that we owe to a variety of different people, but, you know, primarily the Federal Reserve and anybody else who holds bonds and stuff like that. Um, And if that happens, then the value of the U.S. dollar is going to go to zero almost immediately because nobody is going to trust the United States any longer. They're already on the verge of not trusting us at all. Hmm. So, uh, one thing that happened yesterday that we learned about very late in the day is that the entire team that was being run by the whistleblower who was speaking to Congress and the House Oversight Committee about Hunter Biden and the IRS investigation into him. Um, They were removed by the DOJ. They were replaced. And it's a funny thing to see because it's happening at the exact same moment that the Durham report is being released to the American people. People are reading that. People are understanding if they don't already. That our government is a failed and corrupt monolithic system that's designed only to perpetuate itself and uh, to enrich itself and its friends and political allies and to crush the political opposition, people like us that have differing opinions about the way the government should be run. It's not like we have radical opinions about the way the world should work. Uh, We want to preserve our way of life. We want to preserve our heritage. We want to preserve the very fabric of this country so that it can exist for future generations. But it seems that the Democrats and the deep state swamp rats want to fundamentally unravel everything that's come up until this point any reason that people might want to come to the united states of america once it goes up in smoke we're not going to have any problems with immigration uh you know people might come here just because there's a lot of land and they can attempt to steal it uh but once the money runs out uh once the stability goes away uh once the united states becomes a narco state once it becomes a uh, the 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 new murder capital of the world you know who is going to want to come here i don't know But I can tell you this, as long as the current regime continues to protect itself and its political allies and make such boneheaded moves such as this replacing Hunter Biden's investigatory team, a whistleblower that came forward to discuss the very problems that I'm trying to hint at here, uh, it goes to show the entirety of the American people, even those who are not Republican, even those who have not been paying attention, that, geez, this really is. As bad as people like Zach Payne has been saying for a long time. As as bad as my friend Esther has been saying. As bad as my friend Brian has been saying. You guys have been trying to warn us about the corrupt nature of the U.S. government. The complete and utter failure of Washington, D.C. And we didn't want to hear it. But maybe now they'll listen. So... I knew that it was only a matter of time until the House Oversight Committee came forward uh, with their own statement about what happened. So uh, we had a a letter that was sent on Monday uh, to Republican and Democrat members of the House uh, that was alerting them uh, by attorneys representing the IRS whistleblower that was looking into Hunter Biden uh, that he and his team of investigators had been completely removed from the investigation uh, and that the Justice Department had stepped in. Uh, This, again, appears to be a wholesale cover up, an attempt to stop any real investigation into Hunter Biden Uh, in the same way that the FBI stopped real investigations into Hillary Clinton uh, on a number of different occasions. So what was the IRS whistleblower saying? He said Hunter Biden was getting special treatment. Well, that is a familiar story. That's exactly what happened to Hillary Clinton. That's exactly what happened to Bill Clinton. Uh, it's exactly what's happened to everyone who's been in a position of po- of power in the United States, except for Donald Trump. They've done everything they can to go after him. They've done everything they can to go after real American patriots. But then when it comes to criminals like the Clinton cartel uh, or the Biden crime family, they give them a spectacular pass. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at the statement coming from the Oversight Committee. They say, On the same day that the Durham report exposed how the federal government weaponized its power to advance the Russia collusion hoax, we now have learned that the federal government may have retaliated against a whistleblower. Now, let me tell you how important that is. This is not just some whistleblower At some agency uh, that can be easily glossed over. Nate Kane was a whistleblower. Uh, Yes, he did bring information forward. Yes, it actually was cited in the Durham report talking about the Clinton campaign accepting foreign cash, knowingly accepting foreign cash. But it never went as far as this has gone. Right now, exposing the Biden crime family is first and foremost in the eyes and minds of the American public. And, of course, the Oversight Committee is deeply involved in doing this right now. So the perception of a federally protected whistleblower being retaliated against on such a a, a national stage in such a very obvious way It sends a message uh, that is wholly different. Uh, This is not going to be something that they're going to be able to cover up. They're going to have to investigate the retaliation. Now, the whistleblower is alleging that the Biden admin is blocking efforts to charge Hunter Biden for federal violations. Now, Congress must thoroughly investigate this alleged retaliation and hold accountable those who are covering up any crimes committed by the president's son. And what is that going to look like? Well, only time will tell. I'm hoping that that means people are going to get fired. I'm hoping that means that people are going to get impeached. Thank you, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm hoping that means that people are going to go to jail. Uh, Clearly, that's not going to happen under the current Department of Justice. There's just no way around it. And that's, again, one of the reasons I'm so excited about what Marjorie has announced. And she has another announcement coming tomorrow. But one of the people who should, you know, certainly be able to comment on this situation, on the Durham report, or on the alleged retaliation against this whistleblower, or any aspect of investigations into the Biden crime family, that should be Corrine Jean Pierre. She is the uh, the spe- the spokesperson for the White House, the um, the press secretary. So, when asked about the Durham report. Surprisingly, she declined to make any comment at all, uh, and uh, she actually ran away from the podium. Uh, 300 pages, mind you, more than 300 pages. So there's ample material. There's ample opportunity for the Biden regime to comment on and then perhaps deflect Any of the uh, the claims that have been made by John Durham or perhaps talk around some of the issues like uh, obstruction of justice or cover ups or that sort of thing, Um, or perhaps the failure of the FBI, uh, failing to uphold its mission and its promise and its oath to the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. Um, So let's go ahead and uh, actually watch this clip, because I think Corrine says it best
2: reaction to Special Counsel Durham's report on how the FBI
4: handled the Trump probe.
0: I would leave it to the Department of Justice to so speak the to. talks often
4: about how he wants the DOJ and FBI to remain independent and um, you know, above the fray. That report seems to reflect the opposite. Is Does he agree with uh, Special Counsel Durham that there needs to be wholesale changes at the FBI? Again,
0: that is uh, with the Department of Justice. That's not something that I'm going to speak from the podium. As you just stated in your question, we believe in an in the- independent uh, de- Department of Justice. That's what the president said when he was running, and that's his, what he, the president has said the last two years. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys
4: in Japan. I'm out. Peace. leaving. The president does not believe in a, an independent Department of Justice. If the president believed in an independent Department of Justice, the Department of Justice would not be getting involved in an investigation into the son of the sitting resident in chief in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is uh, just so blatant. This is so in your face. And I, I will repeat myself once again. This is the wake up call that America needs. You are so well aware of how corrupt this nation, our government, these people are. You are one of the elite Americans with your eyes on the prize and your mind focused on on exactly what needs to be done. You are special, okay? You're listening to this right now. You are one of the special Americans who is already on the ball. So in order for the rest of those Americans, people who have neglected to pay attention or whose lives have taken precedence, and certainly in the last several years, they've done everything they could to keep people uh, completely uh, absorbed with anything but the corruption of Washington, D.C., They've only had people focused on Donald Trump. They've only had people focused on COVID, on on social distancing, on the vaccine. These are all real issues, okay? Except for Donald Trump being corrupt. He's not being corrupt. Never was. But these people have to wake up. And in order for them to wake up, they have to have the corruption shoved into their faces. They have to have the rotting corpse of the United States of America laid at their feet, with Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray, and others standing around it with their hands bloody, obviously guilty of taking part in dismantling the only thing that has kept America together. They have destroyed our nation, and they are in the process of fundamentally reshaping it into something that will be wholly unrecognizable. People of this nation need to recognize that, and there are so many other things that are happening right now that are doing that as well. Now, it should be no surprise to you. This is a zipper on screen. Should be no surprise to you that with the revelations of the Durham Report, with the revelations of the DOJ stepping in to cock block the the, 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 the IRS, stop them from being able to uh, bring charges against Hunter Biden. Of course, Patriot Front, the famous Fed. Uh, laden organization, which purports to be made up of uh, God-fearing American patriots. It's uh, a, a classic white supremist organization. Uh, that is run by current agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. These guys are physically fit. They're wearing matching khakis. Uh, they have homemade signs. They show up in a rented U-Haul. You never see anyone's personal cars, and you never see their face either, because all of their faces are covered up. The only thing that allows you to identify them is that they're a bunch of white dudes holding signs, wearing khakis with uh, signs that uh, vaguely identify them as right-leaning. Now, here, I found this video of a federal agent among the Patriot Front members that was just protesting in Washington, D.C. the other day. He gets recognized as a federal agent, and then he attempts to obstruct justice and destroy evidence. Let's take a look.
5: Oh, so you...
4: Did you just take my phone? You're video
5: saving us? That's not acceptable. This is a public place. Your video- You're trying to get us in trouble,
6: sir. I need a stop. Go find one. I'm deleting the video. No, nope. you're not going to touch nope, my you're phone. Not. You're not taking the video of us. I look my dude, mask down. I recognize you. Yeah, I know you do.
4: So give me my phone. I'm deleting the video. Dude- Now, I have no idea who the gentleman that recognizes this federal agent is. And, you know, kudos to him for being able to recognize him with just his eyes right there uh, and this hat pulled down over his face. Um, But this is clear confirmation that Patriot Front is not an organic white American patriot organization. Patriot Front is an organization designed... To dispel the myth of a uh, of a free thinking patriot freedom centered American on the right who supports donald Trump, they want you to believe <clears throat> or they want the world to believe that all white Americans who support donald trump are racist pigs who would kill a black man for sitting in next to a white woman or something like that. Uh, you, you think you're the worst possible scenario that could that could arise from this. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that black trans women are dying on the streets every single day and that if we don't verify and validate who they are, if we don't allow uh, blacks to replace anybody that they want to, take a look at South Africa, if they don't give reparations, if they don't allow illegals to come across the border, if they don't exterminate Republican people of European origin, then, of course, the world is going to disintegrate. But due to everything they've been doing, they are disintegrating this nation. America has always been the melting pot. It has always been the place where people of all national origins, all colors, all religions can come to live and breed in harmony to be friends, neighbors, family, to be able to share the classic American values of self-determination, of freedom, of liberty, of, uh, of being able to be who you want unencumbered from the, 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 the subjugation of your government. Uh, but now they have taken all of that away. And now we are moving into this very dark and dystopian future. Now, <clears throat> Before I actually bring up the next story, um, I actually want to just go a little bit deeper on that dystopian future angle here. But first of all, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Erica, in regards to uh, Harry and Meghan and their two-hour car chase in Manhattan, I think that there is nothing that occurs with celebrities and paparazzi that isn't pre-staged and predetermined undoubtedly, Harry and Meghan uh, are looking to gain sympathy, they're looking to gain press, and of course, there is uh, a little bit of animosity across the world right now for the Royals, and there has always been animosity about Meghan Markle because she's just such a victim and she's so annoying. So I think that the entire car chase in Manhattan was staged. Uh, They just drove around with uh, cars of paparazzi, that they had probably paid to keep following them and driving around behind them wherever they went. Uh, And uh, this likely will end up with Meghan Markle doing an interview. Uh, Certainly, they're already talking about it in the press. Uh, But yeah, I think the whole thing is staged. It was so totally fake. Um, And then also, uh, Brian says, but why? Why? They know we know it's fake. If so, why keep doing it? 24-7 news cycle? Yes, the number one, the 24-7 news cycle. Of course, they've always got to have something to put on there. Number two, not everybody knows. (laughs) Not everybody is aware. We are, us, this select group that I'm talking about, the people we're talking to, but not everybody is aware that it's fake. There are a lot of people out there who look at Patriot Front and they say, oh, you know, that's, a, that's a, an organic extension of Donald Trump and America First. Why? Because they've been told so by the mainstream media. Just because people are turning off the mainstream media does not mean that they're all coming over to right-leaning, uh, liberty-minded podcasters such as myself. A lot of those people are just going to the independent media on the left, of which there is plenty available online. Almost all of them are still available on YouTube. You can go ahead and find them pretty easily. But the other part of it is, uh, is that uh, what there was a quote from Stalin. Uh, I I can't I can't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect of, of telling the lie often enough until it becomes the truth. And there will always be certain people out there who listen to what they're being told and then internalize that and parrot it. Think about how many times in your own life people have come up to you and parroted something that you knew so obviously and have probably had the opportunity and the ability to demonstrably prove that it was a fake news story. Think about the entirety of the uh, 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 the last several years And uh, the people that have been covering uh, the issues surrounding Donald Trump, uh, Trump Trump-Russia collusion, none of it was true. They kept repeating it. They kept repeating it often enough that people you probably knew, people within your own family, your friends, your neighbors, they would say, well, you know, Donald Trump has a lot of baggage. You know, he gets peed on by prostitutes. He hangs out with Vladimir Putin. Uh, he does business with uh, despots and tyrants. So he profited off the, uh, the office. He didn't pay his taxes. None of this is true, but people hear it often enough and, uh, and, and, And with enough authority from places like CNN or MSNBC or CNBC or even Fox freaking news, they hear it often enough and it becomes true in their minds, whether or not they have any proof about it. So uh, let's see. Oh, and Harry's in court right now, too. Yeah, he's he's probably looking to make himself look better or maybe he wants to push it back. All right, real briefly, before I, I get into a little bit of that reporting on fake news uh, by the mainstream media, I learned about this disturbing, disturbing program that was just announced two days ago. Uh, it's a company called Telly. Now, Telly is made up of former executives from Pluto, which is a free television cable like platform. So you can you can watch a lot of stuff on Pluto. I, I actually uh, will catch War Room sometimes, or OAN uh, on Pluto, uh, and, you know, other stuff sometimes if I'm looking to put something on in the background. But what telly is, is a free 55-inch dual-screen television, of which they are giving away half a million of these things. Here's the catch. It has a microphone, has microphone arrays, it has a webcam. It has sensors, proximity sensors, motion sensors, probably heat sensors, probably has some type of artificial intelligence baked into it. <clears throat> They're being really vague on uh, what exactly is the technology inside of it. Um, and then it has the standard 55-inch screen, and then there is this uh, this second screen down here down below, and that's separated by a premium soundbar, they say. So here's the catch. <clears throat> You get a free television uh, with a free 4K streaming stick and access to probably Pluto and a whole bunch of other online television channels. But the TV will play ads and show advertisements to you 24 hours a day. Now... Will it be on 24 hours? No, probably. The reason it has proximity and motion sensors in it is so that it can tell when nobody's in the room and then it will shut off to conserve power. But as soon as you walk into the room, you're going to see it light up and show you targeted advertisements. Now, they want a lot of information about you, a lot of information about the things you like and the things you watch and the places you go and the food you eat, all of that stuff, actually signed up for one of these under an assumed name, just so I could see what the process uh, looks like. Uh, And then I also want to be able to take it apart uh, if they send it. Um, They don't ask for your driver's license or anything. So you guys could do this too, and uh, we could experiment with it. And you could talk about certain things in front of it and just watch it uh, deliver ads based on those things. But they want to create this ecosystem inside the telly, which will keep you... Within it, in the same way that like Amazon wants their ecosystem, they want you to buy everything on Amazon. Well, Telly wants you to watch everything. They want you to order all your food. Uh, they want you to check sports. They want you to check stocks. They want you to do it all. And you can make video calls and do all of that stuff. <clears throat> now, anybody here uh, have have you, have you read 1984, or have you seen the film Minority Report? Um, in Minority Report. The the walls uh, of every building, uh, the columns of every building, the surfaces all around you, they are all covered in television screens, much like telly here. And they're always playing ads. And based upon your biometric data, when you walk by those screens, they will play you personally targeted advertisements. This product right here is as close to that world as we've ever gotten, and so I, I just I just had to tell you guys about it because I, I find it to be a, a tremendous uh, breach of, of privacy. Okay, this thing is going to be listening to you 24 hours a day, everything you say. Who knows how sensitive these microphones are going to be? It's going to be watching you. Um, it's uh, it, it's going to be everything that people were worried about when it came to smart TVs when they came out a few years ago. So I just kind of wanted to put this on your radar. Uh, And uh, and you can check it out if you're interested. I mean, some think about how many people are going to be willing to allow that to happen inside their home for a free 55 inch 4K television with the streaming stick and access to all of those features. These things are going to go quickly, quickly. All right. So getting back to the the, the fraudulent reporting on Trump, Russia collusion and all of that. You know, CNN, obviously top among them. Fox News did a terrible job too. every single mainstream news platform because they were kowtowing to advertisers and donors and uh, politicians. uh, They did everything they could to disparage Donald Trump to perpetuate the narrative that he was involved in some type of uh, Trump-Russia collusion narrative. The Washington Post, uh, they even won Pulitzer Prizes for the reporting on it. Uh, they're not the only ones. There, there was a number of different news organizations that were, were given this completely disingenuous prize for excellence in the field of journalism, uh, discussing and reporting on things that never actually happened. Now, in a in a real world where people are serious about the job they do or the work that they produce. Uh, if you were a recipient of a Pulitzer Prize based upon your reporting of a story that never actually existed, and an investigation that never had a predicate to begin with in the first place, uh, then you might think that you would be giving that uh, that that Pulitzer back. You, you wouldn't be uh, maintaining the facade that you did anything other than pr- parrot propaganda uh, to mislead mislead people and keep them going. Uh, But no, they are uh, 100 percent standing behind the reporting that they've done. And uh, this, again, is an excellent opportunity for the American people to recognize the tremendous hypocrisy that's on display here. Uh, Just how disgusting these people are. Uh, You know, it's not just the Trump Russia collusion story, the entirety of the catalog at The Washington Post is full of fake news garbage, is full of propaganda, is full of stories and reporting that is designed to uh, make you angry and trick you and and convince you to do things like getting the mRNA clot shot across the board. It's bad. Now, the United States government... When it comes to their role in this entire thing, the debacle that was the Trump Russia collusion investigation, um, there there is no shortage of blame to go around for the failures of our investigatory and uh, and, and prosecutory invest or agencies such as the DOJ and the FBI. Well. Uh, We've been crowing at the moon asking for years now, why isn't anybody getting impeached? Why don't people get brought up on charges? Well, there are plenty of people talking about bringing these guys to justice. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my opinion, is the first one to do something about it, something that will have some teeth. I've said on a number of occasions that under the current FBI leadership and the current DOJ leadership, I don't see justice being done for the people who led America astray, engaged in obstruction of justice, and did whatever they could to further their own political agenda. But if we could remove that leadership, if we could remove the people who were beholden to Joe Biden, now keeping in mind that anybody that would be up for the role would potentially be a Biden appointee, there would be people who would step up in the interim, but the, uh, the House and the Senate could fail to uh, actually... Um, uh, confirm anybody. Right now, oh my God, mom, can you please send me that link to that video that we watched the other day um, of, uh, of of Senator Cruz and Mike Lee uh, at the judiciary hearing discussing the Biden nominees for federal judge? It, it, absolutely shocking stuff inside that clip. And uh, I meant to play it for you on Monday and I completely forgot about it. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, Whatever you think of her, I you know I know a lot of people felt that she um, she betrayed them when she aligned with Kevin McCarthy, um, but uh, you know I, I I'm I'm inclined to forgive her. Okay, I'm inclined to forgive her because I believe that there is still good work that she could do, and I think that this is an excellent example. Case in point, right here. Yesterday she announced articles of impeachment against FBI Director Christopher Ray, Christopher Ray, who of course uh, you know has uh, has from my perspective uh not done much specifically to clean up the rot within the FBI yeah there was a major turnover of agents and there was a bit of reorganization and the people who were involved in Crossfire Hurricane largely are no longer at the FBI. Um, But it was a failure of leadership at the FBI that this investigation and the continued investigation of Trump surrogates and people in his orbit was allowed to continue. And Christopher Wray really, really could have done something different. Now, Maybe there was nothing else that he could do. Uh, and and I admit, I'm not an FBI agent. I'm not director of the FBI. Um, but from an outsider's perspective, and as an American who has watched my nation and uh, the, the, the aspects of it that I love be systemically and systematically dismantled from within, uh, I want to see uh, blood on the streets. I'll be really honest with you. I want heads on pikes. Uh, I want to see, uh, uh, you know, people being brought to justice. Let the gallows swing. And if that means that Christopher Ray loses his job, then think that this is symbolically important for the nation. I, I think that people need to see that real change is happening because there's no way.
2: No
1: Better
4: we can fix anything with the same old people running the same old tropes. Christopher Ray being removed, I think, would go a far way to get that done. And uh, it, throughout the impeachment process, uh, there would be a, 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 a court hearing that would be held in Congress. They would have an opportunity to present evidence. It, it could be a, another massive red pill for Americans that ha- are not quite here yet, who don't really understand exactly what's going on. But uh, it's not just the trump russia collusion stuff you know i mean there's a, a lot of uh, I, I think re- reprehensible stuff that's happened during christopher ray's term uh, attacks on americans attacks on our liberty and our freedom since christopher ray has been in there you know every time i hear him say that white supremacy is the greatest threat uh to America. Yeah, you know, I just want to puke. I want to puke in my mouth and then swallow it again because that's the only thing we can do. It's disgusting. So Marjorie Taylor Greene announced that she had introduced articles of impeachment against Christopher Ray. She says under his watch, the FBI has intimidated, harassed and entrapped Americans uh who have been deemed enemies of the Biden regime. Ray has turned the FBI into Joe Biden and Merrick Garland's personal police force. Christopher Ray needs to be impeached. Now, the argument about who Christopher Ray is and whether or not we should trust him, it's moot. Because I've said on many occasions in the past, uh, you know, we don't know what the true context of a statement like that is. I think that we have been we – sh- we, we needed to trust that Christopher Ray would take us to the point where things were going to have to change. And that's exactly what's happened. And I think that article's impeachment uh, is, uh, is a way for that to begin. Um, she continues, in his conduct as director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, in violation of his constitutional oath faithfully to execute the office of the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and to the best of his ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States – Christopher Ray continues to materially danger the justice system of the U.S. and empower President Joseph R. Biden Jr. to persecute his political adversaries at will. Director Ray has failed to uphold his oath and has instead overseen a denigration of the principles of our Democratic Republic by utilizing the Federal Bureau of Investigation as a federal police force to punish or intimidate anyone who questions or opposes the current regime. And she's absolutely dead on. And Christopher Ray is not the only one. You know what I want to see? I want to see a wholesale, just fire sale on impeachments. I want anybody. In the federal government, who has de- declared their oath to the Constitution to be null and void by their own behavior? I want them all removed, and I think that maybe we have an opportunity to see that. She also announced articles of impeachment against the very corrupt, in my opinion, District Attorney for the uh, the District of Columbia uh, and the lead prosecutor for the January Six cases, Matthew Graves. Now, uh, the uh, Uh, This guy, Matthew Graves, you may or may not know him directly, but he's had his hand in that persecution of American citizens that Marjorie Taylor Greene mentioned right there. Uh, the, uh, the, the House GOP uh, has been holding their ongoing weaponization of government hearings, and they held them uh, this week as they have in the past. <clears throat> and uh, one of the people they invited to testify was Matthew Graves. They also had Mayor Muriel Bowser, who we'll talk about in just a second. Um, the chief of police for D.C. was there, also D.C. City Administrator Kevin Donahue was there. Uh, and uh, the House GOP was not happy with Matthew Graves Um, Because while he has been very successful in prosecuting January 6th attendees, uh, he has a relatively low prosecution rate uh, for crimes of other types, crimes that arguably the people of Washington, D.C. ought to care about, things like murders and carjackings and robberies. Uh, So it appears that his office is deliberately choosing not to prosecute the crimes being committed by leftists. Uh, in favor of throwing the entirety of the federal government's book at people who were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Um, He actually declined to prosecute 67% of cases last year. It's a good time to be a petty thief, a petty criminal in the United States right now. Uh, You can basically do whatever you want, uh, and you're almost certainly assured that you're not going to have to pay for it. Now, According to the D.C. chief of police, people who were charged with murder have been arrested on average 11 times before committing homicide. That indicates to me that the people who are out there committing murders are known to the police. They have an established track record of what they're going to do and the murders that end up occurring after they've been arrested a dozen times nearly individually. Uh, they could have been put away for other crimes and perhaps not even have been out on the streets. And so we have people who've lost their lives unnecessarily, and it's directly at the hands of people like Matthew Graves. Um, So I, I think that this is also going to be an opportunity for a sea change in Washington and perhaps to put someone in charge of the prosecutor's office who is not going to unfairly and unnecessarily prosecute brave Americans, men and women who were simply in Washington, D.C., to support their president. Now, the other portion of this equation is the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice, being led by Merrick Garland, is uh, just as corrupt as anything we've seen in any other Democrat administration Perhaps even worse. Uh, he, for his part, although the president or the resident rather would have you believe that the DOJ is a separate and independent uh, entity from the White House or from the uh, the rest of the government, <clears throat> he has shown over and over and over again that that could not be further from the truth. Uh, so now three for three, Marjorie Taylor Greene, having weaponized the government on behalf of Joe Biden, has just now also been impeached. Green says he's targeted parents who are concerned about their children's education. He's targeted Christians and pro-life activists, and he's raided the home of a president. He must be impeached. In his conduct as Attorney General of the United States, in violation of his constitutional oath faithfully to execute the uh, to execute the office of the Attorney General of the United States and to the best of his ability, preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Merrick Bryan Garland continues to materially endanger the justice system of the U.S. and empower President Joseph R. Biden, Jr. to persecute his political adversaries at will. Uh, and uh, Garland has, in my opinion, failed to uphold his oath. He has completely destroyed it, and he has shown the American people time and time again that he has no desire to uphold justice. He has no desire to produce a system of uh, of fair, uh, of unbiased and equal justice for every single American citizen, regardless of your race, creed, color, background, uh, or even your national origin. You might have come here from someplace else. The United States is supposed to have a a system that is uh, beyond the pale, above par, better than any other nation on Earth. And right now we are failing our people. We are failing as a country. And it's because of people like Ray Graves and Garland. So God bless Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am super stoked about this. Here she is from earlier today on uh, I'm sorry, from earlier yesterday on uh, uh, Real America's Voice uh, War Room with Steve Bannon. Clip from your evisceration of graves in your call for impeachment.
5: It's pretty dramatic. Uh, do you think you have the goods to do this, ma'am, the receipts?
4: Yes, I, I believe we do have the receipts, and I really hope to see my entire conference get on board with this because, Steve, it's time to end the weaponization of yes. government. And Matthew Graves was just number one for articles of impeachment this week. Uh, impeachment. This week, as a matter of fact, I'd like to let everyone know, welcome to Impeachment Week. Boom. Thank you, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <clears throat> now, as from the way it looks... She's not stopping with this three sets of indictments because Marjorie Taylor Greene has already scheduled a press conference for tomorrow, uh, and it looks like she probably plans to bring articles of impeachment against other people. I would say Alejandro Mayorkas would be first and foremost among them. Uh, and she also, two hours ago, happened to make mention of Secretary Mayorkas. Our southern border is being invaded, overrun, and ignored. Thousands of illegal aliens, tons of drugs, and even terrorists cross our border every day. Secretary Mayorkas is responsible. Today, I'm introducing articles of impeachment to remove him from office. So there we go. We are now four for four. And like I said, she's got another one that she's planning to discuss tomorrow. Now, I don't have to tell you what Alejandro Mayorkas has done to not secure the borders of the United States of America. Right now, we are having uh, what is essentially an invasion of people coming across that southern border, bringing with them drugs, human and child trafficking, uh, sexual uh, uh, perversions, uh, criminal activity, murder, you name it. These people are bringing it disease, destruction, uh, anything that could potentially endanger the lives of you, your children, your families, your community. Alejandro Mayorkas is directly responsible for this. It was on his watch that all of this happened. It was on his watch that they decided not to build the wall that Donald Trump had already paid for and already got the material and had it delivered. It was under their watch. And one thing that I like about Marjorie Taylor Greene is that this shows me that she's not all bark, no bite. I've been saying for years now that Republicans need to play in the same sandbox as the Democrats. We must play dirty if they're going to play dirty. We have to use every single tool at our disposal. And impeaching somebody like Mayorkas or Ray or Garland, uh, that is so obviously within the abilities of somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene and the rest of the Republicans. Other Republicans are already getting on board. I think that this is an opportunity for you to call uh, your representatives and your senators. Let them know that, yes, you want these people to be impeached now tomorrow. At 9 p.m., she's going to be holding another press conference with a major announcement. Uh, and uh, who knows what she's going to say uh, and who she's going to impeach. I think that it is a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. Uh, and, uh, and I think that we really may be on the verge of, of changing things fundamentally, guys. Are you guys not being able to watch the show Uh, I don't understand why Rumble isn't working. There's hardly anybody on Rumble. And I think maybe it's because uh, it's just not working. But I I would recommend if you go, if Rumble isn't working, if Rumble isn't working, you can go to Foxhole. There you go. And let um, let me drop the link to Foxhole over there on Rumble. That's a bummer, though. Uh, Copy. And there you go. Gosh, I feel like I had a lot of good things to say today, guys. So I I hope that you were able to get uh, (laughs) Red Pill's girlfriend says I'm pro-election fraud uh, for 2024. Pro-election fraud uh, so that uh, the last remaining 10% of Americans can wake up. Uh, Let me go through. Uh, yeah. Rumble is trash AF. Yeah, man, that really sucks. I don't know why that is. Cause it's like, I can actually, I can actually pull it up just fine on my end, which is so weird. Okay. Anyways, maybe later on you guys can watch the show, but I want to, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening in Arizona because this is another huge thing. Uh, and then we're going to call it a day. Um, no, I mean, honey, I saw people saying things, but I also saw, you know, that there was only so many people in the chat and I, you know, I get into like these zones where I am like, I'm, I'm talking about this and I, I've got all these things that I want to say and I want to lay it out there. And when I start like thinking about other things, like whether or not the chat's working or the stream and, and, you know, it, it, uh, it takes me. Off of my game. And I have like certain things that I look at. I'm looking for dropped frames. Uh, I'm looking for CPU usage. I'm looking for uh, kilobytes per second. I will try to adjust some of that stuff after we're done. But let me just say thank you to Just Duckies uh, and JBTN01 for the cookies. Moss Dog says this is the best show out there. Keep it up, Smooch. Much love to you, my friend. Pacific Northwest Sasquatch says, thanks, Zach. You guys, I'm working on a really hot Bigfoot show here coming up here soon. So uh, I hope we all have something to announce on that. Uh, thank you to Sean Joe for the two cookies. Uh, thank you to Doug Sime for the cookie. Uh, Pacific Northwest Sasquatch again for the can and Porpoiseful for the cookie. n 63 dropped a can. Porpoiseful says, I love your shirt, Zach. Thank you for all your hard work. Much love. Thank you very much. This is honestly one of my favorites. Uh, I, I love it, too. Uh, Sparky My bick. good to see you. She got that BD energy. <laughs> if the rest don't remove them, I know you will get this in regards to MGPat.com. MGPat.com. I'm not certain what MGPat.com is, but I understand the BD energy when it comes to Marjorie Taylor Greene. All right, so Carrie Lake's trial began today. This is a three-day trial. Today, Carrie Lake and her team had the opportunity to present evidence to the same judge who refused to hear that evidence back in December of 2022. Uh, Of course, it famously was uh, uh, kicked out on on Christmas Eve and then it went to the appeals court. The appeals court looked and said, hey, what are you doing, judge? There's a case here. Carrie Lake is uh, showing you proof that signatures were not verified. Carrie Lake is showing you proof that the county was aware of the fact that these election machines were not going to work. What possible logical reason could you give me for making a conscious decision to allow people to vote on machines that you already know 60% of them are not going to work? The only logical explanation I can come up with is that they knew that the machines weren't going to work, and that's exactly what they wanted to do. It's not that they malfunctioned. They worked exactly in the manner in which they were designed to work, which was not at all. So... Yesterday, we looked at some of the evidence that Kerry was going to be presenting today, namely in regards to signature verification. There was at least one Maricopa County signature verification specialist uh, who was clearly, based on videographic evidence and the sheer number of signatures that he was able to blow through, that he was not verifying anything at all. He was simply clicking the mouse as fast as he could. And he probably was just click, 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 click. He wasn't, Looking at anything. We're talking about one person who verified nearly 27,000 signatures. That's 10,000 more than the margin of victory. So those victory votes that were given to Katie Hobbs could have come from this one individual. But it's very likely that there are other people exactly like him working in the back rooms at Maricopa County, considering how corrupt that place is. Now, they also found that over 274,000 ballots, which is 264,000 more than the margin of victory, were approved in less than three seconds each. One individual had a 100% acceptance rate. That means that one person out of all the signature verifiers... Believe that every single signature they had was 100% accurate. And, oh, they put Tim Poole in here? <laughs> okay. Uh, not that I don't like Tim Poole, but, like, he, you know, uh, I, I like it when I see, like, my friends and stuff in, in the Gateway Pundit. 11 of the signature verification workers approved 170,000 signatures at a rate of less than 0 and 2.99 seconds with a 99.97% approval rating. Here is a, uh, a clip. Uh, from earlier today, this is from Charlie Kirk, which I believe it's coming from Kerry Lake's attorney. Ah, and my friend, Patriot Control. This is great. As our expert
6: will testify, this isn't a question of not getting it right. It's simply they are not physically capable of reviewing the signature, both from the standpoint of being able to do an assessment with respect to the procedures, but also with respect to the functionality of the computer. When the images, you have to scroll down to check the record signature. You don't see the scrolling down function. What that log data shows, Your Honor, is that over 274,000 ballots were approved at less than three seconds each. That includes one signature verifier who approved 100% of the 26,900 signatures that he verified at less than three seconds a signature. Maricopa's log file data shows that 11 of these signature verification workers approved 170,000 signatures at a rate of less than, between zero and 2.99 seconds, with a 99.97% approval rating. That's not signature review, Your Honor. Simply flashing a signature on the screen, clicking a button, and moving on is not signature review. As I said, the evidence will show that Maricopa knew exactly what was going on. They could monitor each of their workers and, in fact, told them that they were being monitored.
4: So despite the fact that they knew they were being monitored... They just rammed through tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of ballots without bothering to do any verification at all. And he makes an excellent point. These people simply did not do their job. It is physically impossible for anyone to verify a signature in that amount of time. And when you look at the signatures themselves, it's not that they just don't match. There were actually, in many cases, completely different names, and they have testimony from a Maricopa County signature reviewer who testified on behalf of Carrie Lake, saying that she felt pressured by her signatures, sending already rejected signatures back to them for approval. Now, this lawsuit, again, having been dismissed on Christmas Eve, was done before the judge or anyone else was able to actually view the evidence. Now, there was the other case, which I felt had more than enough evidence to show that uh, the, the the trial should have moved forward and Carrie Lake should have been crowned the winner. But now we're looking at a different scenario, same situation but it's a whole different set of circumstances and different things that Kerry Lake's team must prove. If the signature verification was not done, then you cannot trust the legitimacy of these ballots. It's simply not possible. It is a powerful statement for this signature verification employee to come forward. Her name is Jacqueline Oniget, Oniget, Kite. Uh, she testified that they were seeing ballots on signatures on ballot affidavits that were different names and that on many other levels, reviewers did not feel comfortable with what they were seeing. Now, this is a limited trial, so I don't know how many people they're going to have come forward and testify, uh, but I would bet that that, uh, it it would be awesome if we could get the testimony of like five, 10, you know, uh, however many people were back there. Now, She had previously submitted an affidavit, which is included in Carrie Lake's initial 70-page filing, and in that affidavit, she testified that nothing prevented signature reviewers from approving fraudulent signatures without accountability. That means that that it was in the full knowledge of the people who were supervising these signature verification workers. From the lawsuit, three signature verification workers have sworn declarations concerning their experience at Maricopa County in the 2022 general elections. What do these people say? Three witnesses testified that their and their coworkers rejection rates while verifying signatures ranged from 35 to 40%. That's a staggering amount of ballots that are being rejected. It shouldn't be that way. If it's a legit election, if these ballots are coming from real people, uh, 15 to 30 percent in another one of them, and then again, 35 to 40 percent in another one of the witnesses. These figures are consistent with the rejection rate of WPAA discussed above, equating to tens of thousands of illegal ballots being counted. Each of these witnesses testified to deep flaws in the ballot signature verification and or curing process that was employed by Maricopa County. Now, Jacqueline reviewed about 42,500 ballots, and she rejected 13,000 to 15,000 of them. That was a rejection rate in the 25 to 40 percent range. Her coworkers were complaining of similar rejection rates. Now, Maricopa County permitted any signature reviewer to unreject ballots, Without ability, excuse me, without accountability, using curing stickers. That means workers were able to obtain massive numbers of these stickers and then use them to cure ballots without any oversight. They basically gave them the keys to the kingdom and said, Get us as many ballots as you possibly can. Now, in order to perform the curing process, Jacqueline states that they were each given a batch of stickers to place on a ballot, which included stickers with abbreviations. Some, but not all of the ballot stickers and abbreviations were as follows VER meant that we verified the voters' information and that their ballot was approved to be counted. W-V meant that a voter did not want to verify their ballot over the phone, and L-M meant that we called the voter and left a message. One of the problems with these stickers in this scenario uh, was that nothing prevented a level one, two, or three worker from requesting a massive amount of approved stickers and just placing them on ballots. Now, again, observers did not watch any of the level three workers, and they did not watch most of the level two work. Once stickers were placed on ballots, there was no record on the ballot or elsewhere to determine who placed the sticker there. Total anonymity. We were told not to sign or initial the sticker. They didn't want to know who did it. Only wanted the date. Now, accordingly, there was no way to know who placed verified stickers on the ballot. So if they were being verified or being rejected, there is no system of accountability That, my friends, should not be happening. The system, of course, as you can imagine, was wide open to abuse and allowed for potential false placement of verified stickers without accountability. Now, this morning during the trial, this was her testimony. She said, we were having so many problems with signatures and the rejections. They, the level two reviewers, were getting overloaded with signatures and they were getting frustrated. We would go out on breaks or at lunch and Andrew and Jeff would complain about how many signatures they were having to go through. And they didn't think that they were going to be able to get through these signatures because there was too many and there was not enough people to do them. I do know that there were times when rejected signatures that I did send to them, they actually sent back to us because they got so overloaded as level twos. So because we would question, we would ask the manager, I just looked at the signature and I rejected it. Why am I seeing the same signature again? And so they would say, the level two managers, they've got too many to go through. So we're just sending them back to you to re-review and see if there isn't anything that matches. Are you trying to verify signatures, Maricopa County, or are you simply trying to ramrod as many ballots as possible through the system based upon the assumption that you don't have enough workers to go ahead and complete it? That, again, is another aspect that completely removes any confidence that the people of Arizona or Maricopa County or the people of the United States of America can have in their election system. Now, Jacqueline also said that It wasn't only her that was complaining. It was other people in my room that were complaining of how many, because we kept having to call the managers over to come and look at the signatures and know how bad they were. They weren't matching up. And you know, what do I do with this? So they would come over and just tell us, you need to be very cautious. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. And remember that whatever you reject or approve, you could be called in to testify. And that sounds like a threat to me. And I think that's why a lot of us were asking them to come over and look because there were so many bad signatures. We noticed ones that had already been rejected and were getting put back into the queue. So we asked, you know, I, I just did this like maybe a half hour ago. If it's a unique name, you're going to remember. And so a lot of us were stating, why are we seeing these again? What's going on? And we were told by Tony or Michelle Paloma or Cecilia that they kicked it back because they had too many to go through at level two. They just wanted us to make sure, or they wanted to force them to accept them and verify them. So they wanted them to go through and really verify whether or not we couldn't match it. I think we all felt really pressured when they sent them back and after we'd already reviewed them, and we really didn't feel comfortable about approving that which we had already rejected. We had already went through them. So when we questioned them about it, they just told us, if you still don't feel like you can find a match, go ahead and reject it. And I did because I did not feel comfortable approving something that I had already rejected. We already went through them, especially for the newer people that hadn't worked elections. They did not feel comfortable with what they were seeing and they were complaining. She said, we were catching signatures of individuals that didn't even belong in the history. Meaning, if it's a John Smith... And it was a woman's name. And this wasn't a married couple. There were completely different names. So they told us to write down the voter ID, write down the name of the person, and then give it to Jeff. And then the second level manager, as he was keeping a spreadsheet of all the signatures, he was going to then clean up the voter history and try to get rid of those. Because we asked, how did they even possibly get into the history? They're not the same. They're not the same name. They weren't a relative. How did this happen? The addresses were different, everything. My God, think about how many ballots and all of this should have been caught by the signature verifiers. Any number of these various issues, signature not matching, name not matching, address not matching, no family uh, could possibly be made up by these people. All of these things mean that none of these ballots were real. They should not have been cured. They should have been rejected. The people working there were complaining. They were getting a lot of bad signatures. And then the next day, after Election Day, we got bomb- we got bombarded with, I'm going to say, close to 290,000 ballots that we have to go through. It was overwhelming. We would be going through signatures, and then we noticed one that we had just went over that had been kicked back because Level 2 got too overwhelmed with the crews. So they would come back in and say, we're sending back to the Level 2 manager queue just so you can recheck it. Check in a second time and make sure you're not missing anything. Most of us rejected them and sent them back up to Level 2. Well, of course, she was cross-examined by Maricopa County's attorneys. I I would love to see uh how that went. Unfortunately it was uh being played earlier when I was doing other stuff. But uh the attorney for Kerry Lake, Kurt Olson, played a video of that signature verification worker approving mail in bat mail in ballot signatures in less than two seconds each without even bothering to compare the signature. Now we reported on this I showed you the video yesterday um but that video alone shows that Maricopa County's signature verification process is completely fraudulent. They don't care about actually matching up the information. All they care about, because they're part of the deep state, is making sure that as many ballots for their guy get through as possible, and that they are 100% verified, cured as all get out. Now, Maricopa County strongly objected to this video being presented. Why? Well, because they knew that it proves that the county's signature verification process is a total sham. Now, the judge actually allowed the video to be played and for the witness to answer questions relating to the video. That is a stunning turn of events. Very excited about that. She said there is no possible way to click through that and to be able to verify from the past history in order to verify that signature. Regardless if you're going forward through the 250 or backward through the 250, we were told to scroll down and make sure that we verified the present green affidavit with the past history affidavits. He didn't spend any time verifying the signature. That right there, my friends, uh, it appears to be case closed. Uh, but, of course, we're going to have uh, another couple of days of trial activity taking place. Now, also, in the same breath that this is happening, uh, the uh, Mojave County Superior Court and the new re- recently revealed trial of Abe Hamada and his stolen election, uh, that began yesterday. Now... We're talking, in Abe Hamada's case, about a couple hundred votes, uh, and there are actually several thousand votes uh, that were never actually counted. Um, And in Maricopa County, uh, as it uh, it was in many Republican-heavy areas, over 50% of the tabulators and printers failed as soon as they opened the polls. And that means that Republican voters who were three to one coming out for Abe Hamada on Election Day, they got turned away at the polls. They got stuck waiting in lines for hours. And some of them just went home and didn't vote at all. Some of them were told that their voter registration was canceled. Uh, we had nearly 5,000 provisional ballots, which these people were forced to fill out because they couldn't do it electronically. Those ballots got rejected. Now, of course, uh, it sounds to me like they rejected more provisional ballots that were likely from Republican voters uh, than they did for anybody who was registered or voting for Katie Hobbs. Now, across the state, we're talking about uh, nearly 9000 provisional ballots that are still uncounted. And considering the margin of victory between Abe Hamada and his uh, leftist opponent who was just handed the election That could so easily, widely surpass her current margin of victory. So Abe Hamada is requesting that the judge allow all parties to inspect all ballots that failed to record a vote in the attorney general's race, which is known as an undervote, in all 115 counties. That would confirm that the machines properly and appropriately counted every vote in the attorney general's race. It is a very simple procedure. If the judge allows it, then they are able to inspect the ballots and they win. And so this trial began yesterday. I don't know what the uh, results were. I don't know what happened today. This is the only information I have. But rest assured, whatever I get, I will be bringing to you tomorrow at 1 p.m. Okay, we're going to close out with some good news. Uh, currently, a Joe Biden appointed U.S. attorney has resigned after they were found to be under investigation by the Department of Justice and the IG, which is the inspector general's office. This is due to ethics issues, uh, somebody who actually should have been prosecuted. But Merrick Garland decided not to prosecute. Her name was Rachel Rollins. Uh, She is another Soros-backed radical leftist, uh, and uh, she submitted her resignation on the close of business Friday this past weekend. Um, She attended a Democrat fundraiser with Jill Biden, the the resident first lady back in July of 22, and she did not fill out required required department approval paperwork. This is uh, against the ethics that they have in place for someone like a U.S. attorney. Uh, And so as a result. Uh, There was an investigation and she should have been prosecuted. And if she was a Republican, she would have been prosecuted. Um, Also, there was a whole bunch of other ethical issues that came up during the course of this investigation. Uh, And uh, Attorney General, excuse me, I.G. Horowitz looked into the situation. But um, on, uh, on December 26th, 2022, uh, it was found that there were false statements that were made to the department and to the investigators uh, on behalf of this woman. Uh She should have been charged. She should have gone to jail. And again, if she was a Democrat, if she was a Republican, she would have. So now she's no longer serving in the U.S. Attorney's Office. That's good news. Now, also, we were expecting the removal and uh, resignation of Kim Gardner uh just next month. But... Uh, she has apparently decided to leave her office early. Yesterday was her last day in office. So, so another Soros-funded radical leftist, Kim Gardner, is no longer going to have the opportunity to destroy St. Louis County. And uh, the circuit attorney's office is probably uh, going to go back to some semblance of normalcy. If you'll remember, the whole Kim Gardner situation was also in the same way Michael Graves or Matthew Graves She was declining to prosecute many, many cases. Uh, She was just failing to assign attorneys to actually prosecute cases. She was failing to communicate with the victims of violent crimes. Kim Gardner uh, was a black eye on uh, on Missouri. She's a black eye on St. Louis. Uh, She is a black eye on the legal profession. Uh, not to say that there's a lot of honest lawyers out there, but there's at least a couple, and Kid Gardner makes them all look bad. So she is gone as St. Louis Circuit Attorney. Uh, and um, right here, uh, we also, I mentioned earlier in the show, the testimony of Mayor Muriel Bowser, the Washington, D.C., uh, liberal Democrat currently running the District of Columbia. Um, she testified to Congress and she lied about her order refusing National Guard on January 6th because, of course, the entire narrative surrounding January 6th has to hinge upon the fact that Donald Trump didn't do anything fast enough. Uh, they ignore the fact that he told the National Guard, he said, hey, you guys have the National Guard, go ahead and use it. Bowser turned it down, and she committed perjury when she spoke to Congress saying that she actually didn't turn it down. But the only thing is, it's on her Twitter, and so here we go
7: requested the D.C. National Guard uh, to support our activities in and around the city. We um, requested the D.C. National Guard uh, to support our activities in and around the city. Um, in, in a somewhat unusual response, uh, the Department of the Army limited uh, the movements of the Guard uh, to where they could go. Uh, and required us uh, to request through the Army, the Secretary of the Army, any changes to their deployment. The D.C. National Guard is somewhat of a misnomer because when you're from the states and you have the Maryland National Guard, they report to the Governor of Maryland. Or in Florida, they report to the government of Florida. The D.C. National Guard may more accurately be called the President's Guard. Uh-huh. The President. Through his designee, the Secretary of the Army, deploys the D.C. National Guard.
4: Right. So, to be clear... Mayor Bowser is trying to lay, once again, at the feet of Donald Trump, the failures to act on January 6th, 2021. And here she is. This is the actual tweet that she put out on January 5th, the day before. To be clear, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment without immediate notification to in consultation with MPD if such plans are underway. Now, Pelosi turned it down bowser turned it down they didn't want anybody to be there protecting the capital they needed the debacle that took place to come about and the only way to make sure that that happened was if they had total control over the situation it did not have to be that way it was unnecessary all right uh, one final story and this is about anthony blinken the secretary of state anthony blinken one of the least intelligent people in Washington, D.C. He is there simply because he has been shining Joe Biden's shoes for nearly two decades. He has been his point man on a number of things. He was the guy who got the letter done from the intelligence community. Of course, the CIA and the State Department have a very close working relationship. They're basically two halves of the same coin. Um, and Anthony Blinken has refused to cooperate with congressional subpoenas. He is now looking at getting a contempt charge, he's actually received it, uh, over his refusal to turn over the Afghanistan withdrawal memo, because that would tell Congress everything they need to know about the failures of Anthony Blinken and the Secretary of State and the rest of the Biden administration. He doesn't want to hand over that memo that warned Americans of the deteriorating situation in the country. Uh, the, the Biden regime chose not to heed the warnings, and thousands of Americans and Green card holders eventually were abandoned in country, along with billions of dollars of military equipment. Remember, there was a suicide bomber that went off killing uh, many, many people, uh, tragically wounding men and women of the United States military. They were aware of that suicide bomber, and they allowed it to happen. They wanted there to be massive destruction and they wanted to set the Taliban up to be essentially the boogeyman of the Middle East for the next 20 or 30 years and to hand over All of the goodies that are hanging out under the ground in Afghanistan uh, to the Chinese. That's exactly what happened. So Blinken is the first secretary of state in the history of the United States to face a contempt charge. Uh, And uh, Representative McCall, who is on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, has said that he's uh, likely going to be uh, introducing contempt charges on May 24th and then bring it to a full vote vote. In June. So we will be looking to see perhaps uh, the removal, the impeachment of uh, Anthony Blinken. I think I would like to see that. Uh, let me see here. So let me just continue on. Uh, Sparky, my bick, thank you again. Um, Puddin Hollow, thank you for the cookie. Uh, Karen Allen, 43, thank you for the cookie. Zeta Anon says Rumble has been horrible, even on restreams. It spins for one minute. Goes down for five seconds. Foxhole is the best anyhow. Well, that's that's really depressing to hear because I'm going to be going live again tonight with Brad. SparkyMyBick says, one scumbag at a time, Hobbs out, Lake in, hello, 45. Yes, the removal, the vindication of Carrie Lake and the removal of Katie Hobbs and the, the vindication of Abe Hamada, it, it could be a very different world in Arizona in a very short amount of time. All right. And, you know, a uh, couple of more uh, brands real quick that uh, I think you probably should start to um, uh, boycott uh, from sending money to. First of all, I guess Miller Lite now is, uh, instead of supporting, uh, uh, I guess, trans spokespeople, uh, they are now getting rid of uh, any, um, I, I guess, uh, perceptually misogynistic advertising. They're actually going and buying back their old uh, posters and advertising material. So if you've got like an old Miller Lite commercial with a bikini babe on it, uh, I I guess that they will actually pay you money to send that back to them because they want to erase history. Uh, So not that I think that that should happen, but you know, just if anybody is hard on their luck and you've got some of that stuff hanging around, you might want to consider that. But now Adidas uh, has done the exact same thing that Bud Light and uh, Nike have done. Uh, They've decided to create this collection here with a biological man who from the best of my perception is not even attempting to look like a woman uh, to be the newest spokesperson for adidas swimwear uh this is once again a slap in the face to natural women everywhere uh not only does this completely denigrate what a woman is, the importance of women in society, but it takes a job away from a woman. Women are the ones wearing women's swimwear. So why in the world is a woman not in swimwear? Uh, And and that leads me to the final story, which is actually about Sports Illustrated. Now, you know, I was a fan of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues when I was a kid. I think every uh, red-blooded American male was. But the latest Cover model for the swimsuit issue of 2023 uh, is Kim Petrus. Now, you might not tell from first glance, but Kim is a biological male. Uh, apparently, Kim transitioned at the tender age of sixteen, so a lot of those secondary sex characteristics that give away the fact that she's a biological male uh, are going to be missing. Um, apparently, probably doesn't have stubble, doesn't look to have an Adam's apple. The shoulders don't look too wide, but you, you also going like this, it uh, it kind of uh, uh, masks that uh, that that broad-shouldered aspect. But so here we are now. Sports Illustrated is pushing the trans agenda. <clears throat> Now, if you didn't know that Kim Petras was uh, a woman, uh, it's likely that they could have just tricked a whole bunch of guys into purchasing this magazine thinking that they were going to be looking at beautiful women in swimsuits. And instead, they're looking at a Buffalo Bill style menagerie of just debauchery. Uh, you know, and you guys, you've seen Silence of the Lambs, I'm sure, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the uh, oh, yeah, look here, here is the dramatic, dramatic transformation. Uh, this was Kim, uh, when Kim was in high school, it looks like, and then here is Kim today. Now, I have to say, this photograph looks to be like maybe it's edited in some fashion. It uh, the the coloration is a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just a a scan of um. Uh, of an actual photo. But <clears throat> here's a, here's a, a better image of Kim and you can see uh, kind of slim hips, but you know, there's plenty of women who don't have super broad hips. Anyways, I just feel like this is uh, another failure. Uh, this is uh, another opportunity for biological men to take work away from women. Pretty soon, ladies, it's not going to be necessary for you to even exist. These people are trying to make a society that is uh, fully 100% made up of only biological men who can now slice and dice their own babies together uh, who don't need you to breastfeed their children. Now they can actually create men who can breastfeed uh, and, uh, and, and society will collapse uh, in the wake of uh, the American family, the nuclear family, being completely dismantled. It's a scary time. But with these scary times comes an opportunity for you to educate the people that you care about. What kind of a world do we live in now, where the swimsuit issue of sports Illustrated is uh, is is covered with a biological man where biological men are the spokespeople for women 's activewear for women 's tampons uh, for bud light for for any number of brands we have the power. They talk about Congress having the power of the purse. We, the American people, have the power of the purse. We have the choice to put our money, to put our energy into the things that represent our values. And if these products do not represent your values, you don't have to put your money there. And I encourage you to choose not to do it. Um, Doug, thank you very much for that can. And then Jules says, Miller Lite said they're, they'd compost adverts from any beer company so as to cleanse history. It's just so stupid. So stupid. All right. <clears throat> I also had a couple of people who donated on Ko-Fi. And so I wanted to say thank you very, very much to those people. Um, Freedom Nurse said uh, – What did you say? She said, keep up the great work, Zach. I've been following you for a few years and I really appreciate your reporting. Sorry you're having so much trouble, but glad you found a new way to receive donations. Thank you very, very much. And then there was also one more that I don't really know how to get to um, because this is the first time that I've used it. Hang on. Where is it? Um, Cindy. Cindy said, here's a little something to go towards a new French press teapot. Thank you so much. Uh, And then that's it. So those two donations, that's uh, okay. That's what I wanted to make sure. All right. And then just to be safe, I want to make sure that there's nothing over here on Cash App. And uh, nope, nothing over here. All right, you guys. Tonight, I'm going to be on Altered State on Badlands Media with my co-host, Brad Collagero-Getz. We're going to be talking about... Uh, the uh, the the horrific invasion of the United States right now, and within the context of that Title 42 conversation, we're going to be talking about the Kalergi plan, uh, which is uh, essentially the birth of the Great Replacement that we've seen taking place in Europe and in uh, many of those ethno states that previously existed in kind of their own bubbles. I want to thank. Uh, the viewer who sent me an email suggesting that we talk about the Kalergi plan. Uh, and I think that tonight it's the perfect opportunity, considering what's going on at the southern border. So thank you very much, everyone, for being here. I'm sorry that this didn't work out. Remember El McPherson. Oh, yeah, I remember El McPherson on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very different world, guys. It's a very different world, and I don't think it's fair to the young men uh, of uh, of this time. You know, I mean— People don't need anything to confuse them any more than they already are. The life that we lead, this world that we live in, it's already confusing. It's already stressful. Uh, You know, let's let kids be kids. Let's let men be men. And let's let women be women. Because uh, you got to be able to trust your eyes. And in today's world, your eyes are lying to you. All right. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, And uh, I'll be back tonight at 9 p.m. on Altered State on Badlands Media. Good luck, everyone. God bless. If I don't see you then, I'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. for Occam's Razor. Bye-bye.